Mainly Marvel, a series brought to you by Mainly Movies. Each week, Aaron, DJ, and a few special guests will go through every single movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in order to officially rank them all. Hello, my name is DJ. And I'm Aaron, and we are back with another edition to Mainly Marvel. DJ, we're in overlap territory. Yeah, so our guest last week uh, mentioned that we've already talked about Thor Ragnarok, but here we are again. <laughs> we are back again. I did not go and listen to the first time we talked about it, DJ, so I don't, I don't think know you should. said. I, okay. I was still... You know, getting my editing skills down. So, if anyone's curious about that episode, it's still out there because I think it's important to see where you've come from. But I but think, don't listen to but it. Yeah, don't listen to it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> this one will be better, I'm sure. We will probably repeat pretty much everything we said there, but we'll do it with more style and pizzazz. Yes, and we've got someone to join us in that pizzazz. We are bringing back a guest host who already helped us dissect one of the Thor movies, but he did request to come back for Thor Ragnarok, so here he is. What's up, Josh? How's it going, man? Hey, guys. I'm doing all right. How are y'all? I'm glad to be back for a three-peat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. You, you definitely discerned a palate cleanser after going back-to-back with, like, Iron Man 3 and The Dark World. They're not horrible. It's just, if you're picking two Marvel movies, those probably won't be the ones that you're going to gravitate towards immediately, <laughs> so... Glad you're here for Ragnarok. Yeah, me too. Sweet. Okay, let's uh, go ahead and get into the plot summary. Yeah, here we go. Here's a plot synopsis from Wikipedia. As always, if you feel like skipping this section, the time code is going to be in the description. Two years after the Battle of Sokovia, Thor is imprisoned by the fire demon Surtur, who reveals that Thor's father Odin is no longer on Asgard. He explains that the realm will soon be destroyed during the prophesied Ragnarok. Once Surtur unites his crown with their eternal flame that burns in Odin's vault. Thor frees himself, defeats Surtur, and takes his crown, believing he has prevented Ragnarok. Thor returns to Asgard to find Heimdall gone and his brother Loki posing as Odin. After exposing Loki, Thor forces him to help find their father, and with directions from Stephen Strange on Earth, they locate Odin in Norway. Odin explains that he's dying and Ragnarok is imminent despite Thor's efforts to prevent it. He then reveals his passing will allow his firstborn child, Hela, to escape from a prison she was sealed in long ago. Hela was the leader of Asgard's armies, conquering the Nine Realms with Odin, but Odin imprisoned her and wrote her out of history after he feared that she had become too ambitious and powerful. Odin dies as Thor and Loki watch on, and Hela appears, destroying Thor's hammer Mjolnir. She pursues the two as they attempt to flee through the Bifrost Bridge, forcing them out into space. Arriving in Asgard, she defeats its army and kills the Warriors Three. <laughs> she then <laughs> resurrects the ancient dead who once fought with her, including her giant wolf, Fenris, and appoints the Asgardian Scourge as her executioner. Hela plans to use the Bifrost to expand Asgard's empire, but Heimdall sneaks in, takes the sword that controls the bridge, and begins hiding other Asgardians. Thor crash lands on Sakaar, a garbage planet surrounded by wormholes. A slave, tra- a slave trader designated Scrapper 142 subdues him with an obedience disc and sells him as a gladiator to Sakaar's ruler, the Grandmaster with whom Loki has already ingratiated himself. Thor recognizes Valkyrie as one of the legendary force of female warriors who were killed fighting Hela long ago. Thor is forced to compete in the Grandmaster's contest of champions, facing his old friend Hulk, summoning lightning. Thor gets the upper hand, but the Grandmaster sabotages the fight to ensure Hulk's victory. Still enslaved after the fight, Thor attempts to convince Hulk and Valkyrie to help him save Asgard, but neither is willing. He soon manages to escape the palace and finds the Quinjet that brought Hulk to Sakaar. Hulk follows Thor to the Quinjet, where a recording of Nastasha Romanov makes him transform back into Bruce Banner for the first time since Sokovia. The Grandmaster orders Valkyrie and Loki to find Thor and Hulk, but the pair come to blows when Loki forces her to reveal the deaths of her fellow Valkyrie at the hands of Hela. 
Deciding to help Thor, she takes Loki captive. Unwilling to be left behind, Loki provides the group with the means to steal one of the Grandmaster's ships. They then liberate the other gladiators who, led by two aliens named Korg and Meek, stage a revolution. Loki again attempts to betray his brother, but Thor anticipates this and leaves him behind, where Korg, Meek, and the gladiators soon find him. Thor, Banner, and Valkyrie escape through a wormhole to Asgard, where Hela's forces are attacking Heimdall and the remaining Asgardians in pursuit of the sword that controls the Bifrost. Banner chooses to become Hulk again, defeating Fenris, while Thor and Valkyrie battle Hela and her warriors. Loki and the gladiators arrive to rescue the citizens, and a repentant scourge sacrifices himself to enable their escape. Thor, facing Hela, loses his right eye, and then has a vision of Odin that helps him realize only Ragnarok can stop her. He sends Loki to retrieve Surtur's crown and place it in the internal flame. Surtur is reborn and destroys Asgard, seemingly killing Hela. Aboard the Grandmaster's spaceship, Thor, now king, decides to take his people to Earth. In a mid-credits scene, they're intercepted by a large spacecraft. In a post-credits scene, the Grandmaster is confronted by his former subjects. Alrighty, so that is Thor Ragnarok. It leads directly into Infinity War, so we are right on the cusp, guys. We're right there. So exciting. Yeah, I I almost, like, it really made me want to immediately just jump into Infinity War, honestly, since this one was on Netflix and so is Infinity War. But I held off because we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, and that huge ship showing up at the end, it's like, oh man. Yep. Things are about to go down. Mm-hmm. Something right at the, towards the end of that plot description that stood out, it said seemingly killing Hela. Yes. Is she not dead? She's gotta be, man. <laughs> Right? Right? Like, <laughs> why, would she, why would she not be dead? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's comic books. No one's actually dead except, like, Uncle Ben. But I guess. I'm pretty sure she's not going to come back. Yeah, I guess with, like, the Asgardians, you never really know. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Can you really kill a god? Like, I honestly don't know. I, like, if... I don't know if Loki's dead. Infinity War spoilers, but, like... <laughs> I don't know. And I, I really hope he's not, especially after, like, the, the Loki we get in this movie. I just, I love the banner between him and Thor, but I guess it would be silly to bring him back for, like, the third time when he's supposed to be dead, but I don't know. Well, he's a pretty silly god, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, so we normally do, like, our, our first section of what we remembered about the movie and what we forgot. This came out like a year and a half ago, not even. I don't think I forgot too much. I think we're kind of at the point where we almost skipped this part. Yeah, I, I think we can I think we can jump that shark. I, th I think Ragnarok is in recent enough memory that it's kind of hard to figure out what I can't recall about it. Okay, so instead of that then, let's let's just kind of go through some of like the best parts of the movie because we're going to do like our marvel scene but i want to kind of highlight some of the cool parts mm -hmm. this is a great movie yeah it really is finally a good thor movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, not that the other ones were terrible no but by comparison to this one they feel much worse <laughs> yeah and it really feels like they turned it up a notch in this one something i noticed so I think the director mentioned how he wanted to utilize Chris Hemingsworth. Um, he kind of, in some of his movies in 2016, and I think a year before that, he was kind of doing more of a comedic role, and he wanted to kind of bring that out. And you can see that in the first scene where he's chained up, and he's talking to a skeleton pal in his cage. And then kind of about like how it goes further and he's talking to Surtur and he's like, you know, swinging around and he's like, oh, no, wait, as he, as Surtur's trying to make his diabolical monologue about destroying Asgard and stuff. Mm -hmm. And Thor's just, oh, I really don't care. Just wait. Let, let me spin back around. I'm enjoying watching your face. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a completely different Thor than what we saw in the first Thor movie. And I'm not sure if there's like a character arc that justifies that, but I I feel like everyone agrees this is the right version of Thor. Like, this is what we should have had from the start. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I think this Thor works for the construct of this movie. I think that if we were trying to get this level of comedic Thor, that the other two Thor movies just have to be just different in content and tone. I, I feel like Thor would, I feel like Thor Ragnarok Thor would feel weird in those other Thor movies, but I do see what you're saying. Yeah, you might be right. I just like how at the beginning, so the first two movies I feel like are heavily steeped in like Norse mythology and kind of take all that stuff pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, it's still got the Norse mythology, but they kind of make a joke of it. Of just like, oh, I'm this guy, I'm going to bring Ragnarok. And Thor's like, no, nah, I don't think so. And then they start playing like some jams in the background and he just smashes them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going through the plot trying to find where I want to tie. I really just want to get to Sakaar because Sakaar is like the best. Oh, yeah. I love the Grandmaster as a character. I love that they got Jeff Goldblum for that role. Um, and I just let, like, the colors in this movie really stand out. Yeah, this was, I, I felt similarly to Doctor Strange, but really in this movie, I love the costume design of everyone. I, I think they really knocked it out of the park, especially Loki's costumes. I, I, I don't know. That's just something that I don't remember immediately thinking while watching, but th- they really nailed it in this movie. I thought everyone looked great. Yeah, just like when they're in the arena and they're like shooting out puffs of like green smoke and there's like all the like bright colors and I don't know, I just, it's really easy to watch. It's like enjoyable for the eyes. Yeah, it really is. The lightning effects, like turning Thor into Raiden from Mortal Kombat, Mm -hmm. that's all great. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, we had uh, the random Matt Damon appearance. (laughs) That I'm still baffled by. I yeah, don't that understand. Was, that was a strange cameo. <laughs> I don't understand why it's that. Like, there's other places he could have made a cameo. I don't understand what the connection is to, like, playing Loki in a play. It's just so random. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I totally for I completely forgot about that. And I just watched it. <laughs> I was like, wait, Matt Damon was in this movie? Matt Damon. You're right, like, he played Loki in a play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, like, don't really, like, reference it at all. He just, like, does it, and then they're like, okay, good play, and then, like, never gonna see him again. Like, do you think he survived Ragnarok? I I don't think we can ask questions that deep about a cameo. (laughs) It's Matt Damon, though. I mean, yeah, I don't think he had a lot else going on. (laughs) Why was he there? I I don't know. (sighs) I remember thinking when I, I saw that for the first time, I was like, that's Matt Damon... Or is it possibly a look-alike? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was so confused. Yeah, just just strange. Um, trying to think. So, like, all of Sakaar is great. And then, I just wanted to point out, like, I thought the final third, like, a lot of Marvel movies, the third act kind of falls apart. I feel like the third act of this movie is really good. Hmm. I, I think it's pretty good. I, I, I think it's better than the majority, but I, I don't think it's I don't think it's great, but I think that's mainly because I had issues with just the character of Hella, because I, I okay. really like well, this movie, can, but it felt like hmm? we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. With Hella. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'll I'll say that for later. But um so yeah, I, I see what you're saying though. I, I do like that they were able to resolve kind of the conflict in a more interesting way than finding the strength to punch harder or something like that (laughs) like it was kind of a unique way to defeat the villain so that's always something fun okay well i feel like i've stalled long enough we can get into our uh marvel scene for this movie and i'm not even going to try no No. (laughs) each week i feel like you've tried less and less to give description for it i tried to just be silent and see if you guys would go for it and it didn't land (laughs) so we're doing marvel scenes go okay josh what what scenes stood out to you so the marvel scene that first one that comes to my head is that scene where (sighs) thor jumps from the sky and he lands on the Bifrost Bridge and just takes out a million of the dead army soldiers Mm -hmm. and he has now found his strength like 
I mean, that's that's one, and it's got the Led Zeppelin song playing in the background. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. yeah. That is the first one that comes to mind when I think of a Marvel scene for this movie. That's a great one. Mine is kind of towards the very beginning. It's uh, during the fight scene when, like, soon after Thor breaks out of his chains. Because the camera work there is just so awesome. You see this shot from above and Mjolnir is just like going in a circle mowing down people and Thor's boxing people in the middle of it and then the camera like starts to focus on the hammer and follows it into Thor's hammer or follows yeah. it into Thor's oh, hand. Yeah. It's all so cool and it's at the very beginning of the movie. Then shortly after that he like flies up into the rainbow bridge and we cut to the the logo of Thor Ragnarok. Like, oh man. It it just sets how many awesome moments are in this movie and i was immediately on board and it was like five minutes in yeah and even like he's like running away from that like dragon or like beast whatever it is Mm -hmm. and it's like flying through the air and there's just like the silhouette of him like just in front of its mouth Mm -hmm. it's really cool yeah i feel like this director knew how to just frame like a really cool like comic book moment Mm mm-hmm because he had quite a few. I, the one I was going to point out that we haven't talked about is just uh, Hulk and Thor jumping at each other like slow-mo in midair. Yeah. Like just winding back. And yeah, I that's just like so cool. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's several in this movie though. Yeah. Another one that I really liked, I, I might have more than one here. Uh, uh, the background isn't great because it's clearly just a green screen, but it's when they're uh, in fake Norway shortly after Odin dies and Hela is about to appear and you just see Loki start to get on to get into his like Asgard garb and his suit melts away and then Thor slams the umbrella Lightning on the ground bolts. and then his outfit appears. Man, such a cool moment. And those outfits, they're great, man. <laughs> I know, like, just a costume change. It's, like, I didn't even realize they weren't, like, in their battle attire, but they're just like, okay, time to suit up. Yep. It, it's so seamless. They don't see that Love much. it. Mm-hmm. And even with that yeah. scene, I kind of think, like, you know, this may be kind of obvious, but I thought it was really cool. Like, Thor slams his umbrella on the ground and lightning shoots down and his suit pops up. And Loki kind of, like, his suit kind of slowly transforms. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of... Thor is a warrior. He's very much like punch things, strength, and Loki is more of like the he puts a disguise on. He'll take his time for his plan to work, kind of a thing. And that just you can even kind of see it there. I know it's kind of a minor detail, and that's might be very obvious, but I thought that was pretty neat. No, no, no. Yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah, those are all good ones. Um, I feel like there's probably more. There, there are some really go. good scenes. I don't, I, this isn't necessarily a Marvel scene, but I always enjoyed the flashback scenes like the like the scene where the valkyrie are trying to attack hella or yeah in any scene where they might have been showing the history of where odin and hella came from like that you can tell it's almost i don't think it's all cg but it's like really heavily contrasted and it almost kind of looks like a modern day comic strip Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely stylized in a cool way so i yeah i agree yeah, I always yeah. enjoyed whenever they were talking about, you know, like they always when like a character kind of gets those misty eyes and they start looking into the past and then like it shows a scene. I always really enjoyed those because I just I always liked the design of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think between like stuff like that, just how they frame like these scenes and the colors and the addition of like some music in the background. I think those are all things that make it feel more like guardians. Yep. And I feel like we were going to get to this point eventually, but like, I think the thing that really works for this movie is it kind of reminds you of guardians in some ways. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's not like a copy of guardians. It's definitely its own thing. Yeah. But there are definite elements. They borrowed borrowed. some things. Yeah. They borrowed the right things. I feel like, Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't they don't they call that huge vortex where they send uh the Grandmaster ship up it like the what the do they call anus? that? The <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is such a like Guardians movie. Yeah, that yeah, sounds like a is. quote that Star Lord would say. <laughs> yeah, it's just like silly and stupid and random. Yeah. And like Korg and Meek are like characters that should be in the Guardians universe, I feel like. Yeah, definitely in contrast from the first Thor, where Thor's stuck on Earth with all his humans, and now he's 
stuck on some alien planet where you've got Korg and Meek who are like, what yeah. What are these things? Like, you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, and I think all that makes it, you know, even more interesting, the fact that in a few movies we get the melding of the Thor worlds and the Guardians world uh, when Thor uh, ends up being rescued by the Guardian. So, I don't know. I I think that's all kind of funny how that all works out. Oh, yeah. Kind of working its way to that point. It's not mm-hmm. just throwing it at you. It's like, where'd this come from? It, like, yeah. That's neat. Yeah, I feel like they kind of define what space is in... Uh, or just, like, other worlds. Like, they've kind of united to have this one tone of, like, you're going to get these weird creatures and bright colors like kind of like star warsy of like you've got your own universe mm-hmm. um, okay well with that we can transition over to minor characters okay let's talk warriors three <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts of the movie they die <laughs> so unceremoniously and so quickly it's amazing oh man I'm like I I remembered it was quick and sudden and like I was kind of prepared for that. I was not prepared for how quick and sudden it, it was. So it's fast. so fast. It's like who are you? Boom! I'm Hella, and they are already dead. <laughs> <laughs> like you barely have time to register. You're like, oh yeah, those guys, and then they're dead. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's uh, it's a it's amazing. Oh gosh, but where is Lady Sif? <laughs> Does it really matter? <laughs> uh, probably not. Probably not. I'm sure someone out there cares. Uh, um, sorry, Lady Sif. Okay, so the Warriors 3 are kind of replaced by Scourge, who becomes Hela's like, sidekick guy. How do you feel about Scourge? Uh, Scourge represents the part of the movie that kind of bugs me. And... Scourge is pointless. He is there only so that Hela has someone to talk to. Yeah, yeah. No, you're very right. And so that he can have his silly little moment with machine guns at the end. And then die like the most Lord of the Rings death. His his death scene was so over the top. He like gets stabbed and he's like stumbling backwards. And it's like, we don't care about Scourge. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, he got way more of a send-off than the Warriors 3. <laughs> he did! That's crazy! <laughs> uh, yeah, I wasn't big on Scourge. Um, let's see. We talked about our friends, Korg and Meek. I love Korg and Meek. They're great. I could watch an entire, like, spin-off movie <laughs> just about those two. Well, hopefully they didn't get murdered. Didn't Meek die? No, he came he back. Did, but then oh, he, he came, came back, back to though. life. Again. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And just the fact that that's the director is Korg. Yeah, that's great. <sighs> so good. Anthony Hopkins bringing it as always as Odin. Very briefly bringing it. Yeah, but he. I mean, he made like a powerful like scene of it. Um, I was kind of confused, like, they show up, they find Odin, they kind of sit next to him on a log, and then he just disintegrates and he's dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I, if that was me, I would just be like, wait, what, what? <laughs> like, was he, was he that close to dying? Like, I, I don't know. He's been dust this whole time. It was very sudden. Has he? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, and I don't get that, like, he's a god and he just kind of withers away, but like, so like, a god can choose when he wants to die, and gods can die, it, it, yeah, it gets kind of, yeah, anyways. Yeah, and why would he choose, like, Norway, as opposed to, like, wouldn't he want to go back to Asgard, I don't know. Well, that was supposed to be like, you know, like, the Norse mythology comes from, like, Norway. Yeah, like, I mean, I think that was the director's Earth. choice. Yeah, if it's going to be on Earth, I guess might as well. But I'm just surprised he's like, well, here's as good as any place. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. We've got Jeff Goldblum as Grandmaster. So he's good. just. They just, like, let him loose. They were just like, do as many Jeff Goldblum things as you want to do. 
Yeah, was I thought he was great. fine. I think if we would have gotten like 10% more Grandmaster, it would have been a little bit too much for me. Yeah. I mean, he is a lot. And he kind of takes you out of the movie sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's also it's like, Jeff Goldblum, uh, so, you know. Yeah. And then, like, the the post-post-credits scene where he's just talking to the big group of people and he's like, let's call it a tie. Mm-hmm. It was just like, what? <laughs> like, what was that? Yeah, I, did, I didn't fast forward far enough for that. <laughs> no, I didn't understand that scene either. No, not worth my time, really. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it did not advance any story in any way. Um, okay, let's see, we've got Heimdall, who... Is this the most they give Heimdall to do? For sure. And he still doesn't do a lot. (laughs) He doesn't, you're right. And I'm, like, I'm a bit confused, the transition from, like, Keeper of the Gate or whatever, to this, like, Renegade guy. Like, how did they... I don't know. Like he was the like watcher guy, right? Yeah. And and then all of a sudden it's just Scourge and sometimes the Warriors Three. Like, what was the handoff of that position like? Well, because Loki wanted someone who wasn't loyal to Thor. There, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I assumed that's what it was. I thought Loki did something about that, but it's not very clear. Like, it's kind of one of those where you could kind of justify whatever you want maybe like there's yeah. not enough information there to really give like a definite answer but i would just assume loki pulled him out of that spot and he's just kind of like okay i'll find some other way to help and now i i think they just wrote themselves into a corner because they realized that they have Idris Elba as this character. They don't really give anything to do. So they tried to give him a little bit more to do, but it's still not anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he... I mean, I guess he, you know, kind of being like the Watcher at the very end of the Bifrost Bridge with the sword and the fact that he's not doing that anymore and he's actually looking after the citizens who aren't, you know corrupt or aren't the ones living under Hela's rule or whatever. I guess it's, he's kind of doing the same thing, but eh, yeah, he doesn't. I wish they would use him more. Yeah, he's very underutilized. Like, even in uh, Thor Ragnarok, or nope, nope, in Infinity War, I think when Rocket is talking to Thor, and he's, uh, he mentions um, all the people that he's lost, he's like, yeah, I lost my best friend. And I was like, are you talking about Heimdall? And <laughs> when did that become a thing? <laughs> I th- okay, I think the problem is, in the first movie, they cast Idris Elba, and then quickly realized this was, like, a severe underutilization. Like, Heimdall as a character is not that important. Nope. But we've got Idris Elba, and we can't put him in another role now, so we might as well use him. Yeah. Mm. And it's just kind of strange. Yeah. Because it's like you see Idris Elba and you're like, oh, very important. Should be doing big things. But it's like, should he really? We've got Hulk is here. Doing Hulk things. Uh, I feel like this is the most Mark Ruffalo gets to do. Even more so than Avengers, you think? I, I mean, just as much. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't feel like we see Mark Ruffalo a whole lot. Yeah, you might but... be right. I was listening to uh, uh, some somewhere else. Someone mentioned the uh, what the the just thinking about what the reveal would have been like if in the trailers we did know that the champion was going to be Hulk, and how amazing it would have been to like see the those green puffs of smoke go off, go off like right before he pops out. How how amazing that would have been in theaters, and how the trailer kind of spoiled that for all of us. Um, I mean, I feel like we would have known, though, right? No, no, I, I, I don't think so. What reason would we have to think that Hulk is in the middle of this nowhere space? In fact, the movie doesn't even give us a good reason to why Hulk is here. Because he flew his ship off. I just feel like someone would have come up with that theory 
And they probably did before the trailer dropped for this movie. I'm sure someone would have come up with a theory, but I think it's different than just putting it explicitly in the trailer. Yeah, no, you're right. But I don't know how you have a whole movie that prominently features Hulk and you, like, don't put him in anything before that. I don't know. I think it's possible. This movie is two and a half hours long, almost. They can put together a two-minute trailer without Hulk in it easily. Well, I'm just very cynical about trailers and their ability to give us a good teaser for the movie without revealing anything. I just don't think anyone's capable of doing that anymore. Well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Doesn't mean we shouldn't expect more, though. You're right. And I mean, they, Marvel has fooled us before, like in one of the Infinity War trailers, there's that one shot of, like, Hulk and everyone running in the forest at Wakanda, and Hulk is, like, non-existent in Infinity War. So, I mean, they fooled us before. I, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't like that, uh, like the outright lies. I don't like that. It's like, here's a scene that's not even in the movie. I don't know. We don't need to talk about three <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we got sidetracked. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Hulk's there, uh, being very green, doing his Hulk thing. Uh, Doctor uh, Strange shows up. He does. Heck yeah, he, he does, does. Very briefly, but it's pretty great. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> I love how he's just, like, not impressed or intimidated by Thor or Loki at all. Like, they're just standing there, and he just keeps, like, jumping him around to different rooms, and they're, like, complaining, and he's just ignoring him. And Loki tries to, like, run at him and attack him, and he's just like, hi, ah, you're just, like, banished to this other place. Yeah, that was pretty just great. Just kind of, like, flicking his hand around, just like, ah, I guess I'll deal with these guys. Like, just another day at the the mansion it's funny when that happens it's he's like i really need to talk to thor loki i don't need you <laughs> yeah dr strange is great um, oh okay so we got oh you have something josh uh, no, just something i was reading here and i didn't notice that matt damon played loki when they're showing that that play in asgard i didn't know that the thor actor was chris hemsworth's brother oh you're right yeah yeah, it's Luke Hemsworth. Yeah, I didn't know that. Who is Luke Hemsworth? He's the third Hemsworth brother. There's a third one? I'm pretty sure. Isn't there a Liam? Yeah, there's that's Liam. Miley's person, but who is Luke Hemsworth? Uh, Luke Hemsworth is in Westworld, he is. Yeah. I believe. He's like the security guard guy that's around for way too long. Oh, right. he's the oldest of the three. Oh. Big Brother Luke. Okay, cool. Sorry to disparage you, Luke. I just did not know. Yeah. Um, Oh, and then Odin is Sam Neill, who's like the uh, main guy in the original Jurassic Park. Yeah, I knew he looked Oh, really? Yeah, Dr. Alan Grant. Oh, no, but but he plays plays Odin in the little He plays Odin, yeah. Yeah, for some reason. I don't know why they decided to have just that little like stage play and get a bunch of weird cameos. That's in such there. a weird. Those three people together just that baffles me so much. Or Sam yeah. Neill is news is from New Zealand, so maybe Taika Waititi knew him or something. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah, it seems like some weird favors were called in here somehow. <laughs> well, yeah, it's Hollywood. People know people. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about Valkyrie slash whatever, Scrapper 142. So we we discussed this before we started recording, but the the plot description only refers to her as Scrapper 142. Mm Kind of made us realize, I don't know if they ever refer to her as Valkyrie in the movie. They don't, because I was paying attention this time, and it's strange. And I think they only called her Scrapper 142, like, once. Yep. She's just kind of there. So, kind of strange, because I feel like she's a pretty important character. Yeah, uh, I think Valkyrie is probably, like, my favorite part of the movie. And that might just be a Tessa Thompson thing. Uh, but she's great. <laughs> she is great. She, like, plays that role really well. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know what happens to her after this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good point. Um, 
Well, there is a spoilerish note in the Wikipedia page here, but I don't really want to get into that. Oh, no. <laughs> it just says that Tessa Thompson will appear in future MCU films. Okay. Well, that's great, because I think she had great chemistry with Chris Hemsworth, which is noted by the fact they're going to be starring in a Men in Black movie coming out this summer. Oh, you're right. I didn't even put that together. That, yeah. Like, that's the same pair. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Interesting. Neat. Maybe she'll hmm. find her name in the next film. <laughs> Maybe. She's got to earn it. Maybe. But yeah, I love Valkyrie here. I think her story is really cool. I think her introduction is great. She's got a she lot of swagger that she bridge. brings to that character. Uh, yeah. But again, that might just be a Tessa Thompson thing. I don't know. Oh, yeah. She <laughs> gives Thor so much sass throughout the entire movie. She's yeah. zapping him with that little neuron thing on the side of his neck all the time. And oof. Yeah, you can feel it when, when like she's looking at Thor, you're like you're kinda like, Don't get mad at me, like I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she works really well with this version of Thor. I wonder if it would have been weird for her to be with like first movie Thor. Probably. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. like I feel like that Thor kinda made more sense with Natalie Portman. And this Thor kinda makes more sense with Tessa Thompson. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I I, I, yeah, if you saw her acting the way she is in this movie to how Thor acted in the first one, it would. It'd be I, weird. Yeah, I don't know. He, Thor in this movie almost is just kind of oblivious. Like, he'll, he'll even still try to talk to her, even though he knows she's probably just gonna give me a lot of sass and paralyze me again. But. Okay, uh, last somewhat minor character is Loki. We already kind of talked. We really like Loki. Loki's always great. Yeah, his costumes are great in this one. Man, I really like his costumes in this movie. I think they're, I think they're great. It's a great mm-hmm. costume design. And like the long hair Loki, it's a good like, look. I feel like it just works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my my uh, favorite scene is probably that one where he tries to attack Doctor Strange. It's just so, it's so comical because his first instinct is to attack him. Like. <laughs> I don't know, I just don't consider him, like, the warrior type. Like, I'm gonna take this guy on, it's like... But... Well, he'd been falling for 30 minutes. Oh, that's true. And also keep in mind, the last time Loki was on Earth, he tried to destroy it. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> I feel, it's yeah. so Loki is such an interesting character, because, uh, yeah, he was the main bad of the Avengers, and now... I'm. I legitimately want to see like more of his character interact with Thor. I don't know. It's very interesting how he's stuck around as much as he has. So isn't there? I don't want to get too off the rails here. Isn't there a Loki themed series in the works for the new Disney streaming platform? Oh, I don't want that. No, <laughs> that's not what I meant. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think there is. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> just just a heads up. I'm, DJ, I'm sure we're going to be talking about this a lot in the future, as long as this podcast is going. Oh, man, Disney, I don't want that. Disney Plus, Disney Plus is going to just pull out a toolbox and start throwing wrenches. Oh, man. It's just going to be like, here's some Marvel content for you. You guys like this, right? <laughs> I haven't even be been watching like the Netflix Marvel shows, so... I know, and that's what, like... Mm, Again, trying to save some stuff, but I feel like Endgame does feel like kind of a period on a long sentence of like what has been the Marvel universe. Everything after it, like I'll still be interested. I won't be as attached to it. Might watch Agreed. like the fifteen minute synopsis on YouTube, kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, we, or listen we... to the podcast summary. <laughs> oh well. So yeah, we can't we can't do another mainly Marvel for like phases four through six or whatever because oh, we're no. gonna we're gonna trim some people. Some people are gonna end up dead after Endgame, but but then we're probably gonna get like the X Men in this universe too. And I I think we're getting to a point of oversaturation. Yeah, I have no idea what I they're think going to right. try to do for like. After this next movie, like they're like, there will be more MCU films. I'm like, I mean, I know there's plenty of content to pull from, but yeah, I just wonder. How, okay, yeah, like <laughs> feasibly how it works, but yeah, yeah. But I wonder how much they're gonna set up a bunch of stuff in Endgame for sure. Do we have to? Huh. Can we? Can I, I? 
sometimes I just want an ending. Not everything has yeah. to keep going. <laughs> you're right. You're right. But it makes money. Okay, yeah. back to back to Thor Ragnarok. Back to Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> Tess Thompson's great. I want to see her more in things. Uh, um, okay, else? let's talk about Thor real quick. Um, I think we've talked about how we like his character more. Um, I wanted to just go and get a haircut after this movie. Just because his haircut was so great. <laughs> yeah, like, he makes man, it work, man. Um, Thor Thor with shorter hair is still a great Thor. Man. Did he put on, like, even more muscle for this, for this Thor? Probably. I feel like he's just been putting on muscle for, like, seven years now. Probably. Yeah, I feel like all he does is work out in his spare time. Yeah, boy, he's built. I mean, go ahead. Yeah. Um, any other Thor thoughts from the movie? Um, kind of just what Josh was saying. I think that I, 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 I wouldn't doubt that people saw that Chris Hemsworth had that comedic side and wanted to accentuate that more because I really do think that he really carries a lot of this comedy. I don't think everything hits, but I think, I don't know. I, I think the majority of it does. And I think a large part of that is just in Chris Hemsworth delivery of it. It's a different Thor, but I like this Thor, so I ain't mad. Agreed. Well said. <laughs> okay, now let's talk about DJ's central problem with the movie, which is Hella. Oh boy. Mm. DJ, you have the floor. It felt like all the time and care for this movie, all those awesome scenes that we mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, were very meticulously thought out and well crafted. And it felt like they gave the part of establishing who the villain was going to be and motives and things like that to the intern. Because every time we flash back to uh, to uh, Asgard, it felt like the movie kind of just didn't grind to a halt, but it just felt so much slower and lackluster. Because all she was doing was being like, I'm Hela, I'm evil. And talking about things with Scourge, I, I don't know, it's just, it's disappointing in, in, the, in the context that the rest of the movie just seemed to be firing on every cylinder. Uh so yeah, I I don't know. I I thought I w it wasn't gonna bother me as much this time, but it kind of still did. Are you guys in the same boat? What are you thinking? I feel like the first time I watched it, I was much more intimidated by Hella. Like she seemed more like an undefeatable. Like how are they gonna get past Hella? I guess knowing that she was defeated, like I it just seemed kind of like a sideshow. Mm -hmm. Like oh, we got our big bad just doing crazy things. Uh, and also just the whole, like, oh, you've got a sister, and, like, she was actually there from the start. Like, that part seems like they kind of just, like, wrote over some of the things that had already been established. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it really seemed like the movie was more about just, like, waiting for Thor to get back, because surely once Thor gets back, like, we're gonna win. One thing I did think that was kind of interesting was it didn't... They weren't able really to defeat her themselves. They basically had to sacrifice something that was important to them. Like, they had to basically say, we've got to destroy our homeworld to get rid of her. Which, not everybody has to enjoy that. But I think just from my, just, you know, like most action movies, it's just kind of like, oh, you know, we team up together and we finally va vanquish our foe. In this one, it's like, we teamed up, we still didn't beat her. We kind of basically had to pick a dirty option in order to get her away from what was important to us. And we had to go find a new place. I kind of thought that was neat. I agree. I think that is uh, strong. And I think that anytime a movie can go out of its way to show us more interesting, unique ways to defeat the big bad, I think that's a plus. Um, but I think still just her motivations and just watching that. It seemed like Kate Blanchett had a real fun time with the role. Which is oh, great. Yeah. I yeah. don't think I yeah. had as much fun watching her as she had performing, <laughs> and I think that's a bit of a problem at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah, she is very, very one-sided. Like, there is no there is no sympathy for her, or with her. Yeah. But the movie doesn't try to, the, try to make their one. She's just angry, and I don't yeah. know. I, I like a little bit more nuance. <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't know if it detracted as much for me as it did for you but i definitely was just not as interested in those parts of the movie yeah 
I, I think it only detracted because it felt like we always cut back to there after something super interesting happened to <laughs> Thor, and then I'd be, and then she'd be in the throne room talking to Scourge, and I'd be like, "Oh man, <laughs> it's it it just it, it felt like it deflated the momentum at times." Yeah, and like someone me who I really enjoyed the design of Asgard and looking at all the building, just just creative it's creative it's very fun to look at for me to kind of say oh yeah i wish you would go back to sakaar that's just kind of like a, a planet that's made up of junk that kind of tells you how much i kind of enjoyed the, the thor plotline when he's doing the contest of champions and mm-hmm. um kind of getting away from the asgard but which i would never have thought i would consider that but yeah there, there are times where i wish we could go back to sakaar when we're at in asgard and it's like oh nuts yeah yeah it's strange <laughs> isn't it okay uh Moving along, uh, we are now at impact on the MCU, which I think it does have some impact. I think a lot of the impact is just setting up for Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we so we do get we get Hulk back. Uh, Thor gets a haircut. We lose Mjolnir and Asgard, <laughs> and all of Asgard. You're right. Um, I mean, not much direct, like, Infinity Stone Thanos stuff until the ship at the very end. Uh, but it does seem like a pretty, like, impactful movie overall. Like, things have changed. Hmm. That, that reminds me of something I thought was interesting. Um, so in the very beginning of this movie, Thor says that, uh, um, he had been searching for Infinity Stones because of dreams he had been having. Now, I was under the impression that Scarlet Witch gave him... I, I didn't think that was prophesying the future, as we discussed in that episode. But but was it? And is he still having... I mean, I presumably he was still having those dreams about Infinity Stones. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know what he was doing. I, yeah, I don't either. Because <laughs> it seemed like he was there to... It seemed after he talked to Surtur and stuff, that he was there to figure out Ragnarok stuff. But it didn't really seem like that intersected with the Infinity Stones, which he did mention. So It seems like the whole like death and destruction in his visions seemed to be tied to the Infinity Stones, but for this movie, they like twisted that into, like, oh, the death and destruction is actually Ragnarok. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. Like, they just weren't, like, it wasn't connected to the Infinity Stones at all. I don't know. Yeah. It's just strange. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's like a more impactful movie than some of the other ones, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we have all the Asgardians as a refugee. Well, they were refugees until they were dead, but yeah. (laughs) The next section is where I used to do fun facts. I haven't really been doing that. (laughs) I mean, we pointed out some cameos and stuff. I know, I feel like it, we do it more during the minor characters scene now than anything. Yeah. Um, I've just stopped looking at up fun facts, so apologies for anyone that really cared about those. <laughs> but it gets us to where I want to be a little faster, which is ranking the movies. Here's the mainly Marvel ranking so far. Number one, The Avengers. Number two, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number three, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Number four, Doctor Strange. Number five, Iron Man. Number six, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number seven, Captain America, Civil War. Number eight, Ant-Man. Number nine, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Number 10, Avengers Age Voltron. Number 11, Thor The Dark World. Number 12, Iron Man 3. Number 13, Thor. Number 14, Iron Man 2. Number 15, Captain America The First Avenger. Number 16, The Incredible Hulk. Okay, and if that was a little bit much, don't worry. I've started to put the rankings in the descriptions because I had been neglecting for a while. But that's where we're standing so far. Uh, Josh, you haven't been with us since the very beginnings of Phase 2. So are there any things on the list you want to discuss or talk about or anything like that? Um, so, yeah, so I'm a little bit behind on the listening. Forgive me. But I, uh, I noticed <laughs> on the ranking you have Captain America Winter Soldier at 3 and Doctor Strange at 4. And those are above a couple of other films. Um, some of the films that are a little lower down are recommended as 
rewatching and these two in particular or not, I just, I guess just for my personal curiosity, uh, and anybody else's out there, what was the reasoning behind that? So, I'll take a stab at it. So, so the recommend that we're doing is really more focused on, like, okay, I want to go see Avengers Endgame. I want to get caught up on what's happened. These are the movies I should watch okay. as, like, a hype train headed towards Endgame. Okay. And so most of these are very, like, heavily, like, this is where the universe is at at this point. There are a couple that are just so much fun that, like, you have to watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's why, like, Civil War, I think, is one of the most, like, things went down in Civil War that just impacted every single character. And you kind of need to know where those are at before Infinity War. Iron Man is the first movie. you got to watch that one. Guardians is just too much fun to not watch. Yeah. And then the Avengers is the Avengers, and it's our number one movie. Okay, I, I see um, what you're saying. I guess my thought was... I guess my thought just... I saw Doctor Strange was not recommended, and, and my thought was, oh, well, you know, the the Time Stone is a very big... Like, that's a pivotal plot point in that story. But then I realized that that, one, that Time Stone ends up getting into Infinity War, which you could watch that and basically... Basically, it kind of supersedes yes. Doctor Strange. You wouldn't need it to watch Endgame because you've already seen the Infinity Stone in Infinity War. Exactly. Okay. And I think we're counting on Infinity... Like, Infinity War is going to be a for sure recommend. Just like, for sure, for sure, for sure. Oh, yeah. Without it. Uh, and I think that covers a lot of the basis of what we're trying to accomplish. And so the rest of these are just kind of like padding like the other uh, elements of the story. And just like, hey, these movies are really great. You should watch them. So I think we were close on Winter Soldier and Doctor Strange just because we really like those. Yeah. But I think those stories have been picked up in later movies to where you don't necessarily need to watch those if you watch Infinity War or Civil War. Okay, yeah, I see that. De- definitely Civil War. Like, honestly, I need to go back and watch that like at least two or three times to drill where the where all the characters go at the end of that in my head a little bit. Oh, don't do but... that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I won't do it. But it feels like that. that's how many times I would have to watch to, to get like... To really get it mastered, and I just right, don't right, have the time yeah. to do that. So, well, cool. Yeah. Uh, those those are about all the questions I have. I mean, that looks. I like the list. I mean, that's hey, there we go. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> uh, um. Okay, so who wants to tackle this one first? Where do we put Ragnarok? What is okay? So, what's like the basement? Like, it's obviously not. Below Thor Dark World, I think we think this is the best Thor movie. Yes. You know, I was kind of thinking at number eight. Okay, so you're saying between Civil War and Ant-Man? Correct. I think it's almost right in the middle, because I think we've mentioned this before, before we got into this MCU ranking thing. The top tier... And the bottom tier is so far apart, and even like the top, <laughs> like the top to the middle, even can be kind of a huge jump. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I would be fine with it at eight, but you're right. It's definitely not lower than Dark World. And then the next logical thought would be, well, it can't go higher than. I don't think it could go higher than Iron Man. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You're you're right in the zone I was looking at. Okay. I don't think we put it above Iron Man. Josh, like, I'm surprised. Don't... I expected you to come in here and be like, "This is number 1." <laughs> <laughs> no, but but now but now that I've done this a few times and after Aaron explained his justification for the recommended for Endgame, this movie is good, but for Endgame, actually I guess that's kind of a different question, but definitely yeah, like yeah, I don't I, I would I would separate those things. I think being watchable or applicable to Endgame, I think that's I think that sort of factors into the ranking, but I, I wouldn't give it that much precedence. Yeah. But that's personal opinion, I guess. No, no, but really, like, I mean, I really, really enjoy this movie, but I think I, I do think like it, it should not go higher than Iron Man. Like those top five are really, really solid, really, really solid films, and I not saying that, and that doesn't mean that this movie isn't solid at all. I just. 
Yeah, this is giving me more confidence in our list, DJ, because I feel like the farther we've gone, the more consensus we've had with our guests. Isn't like, that it weird? Hasn't been... <laughs> Isn't that straight? Like, I swear I thought, like, the farther we go, it was going to get so much harder. But I'm right there with, like, I was thinking between Iron Man and Ant-Man was, like, the zone. Now, I don't... How do we keep comparing everything spot? to Ant-Man? <laughs> it's because it is the perfect barometer movie. I just, I never expected Ant-Man to be, to just be in all of these conversations. I don't know. It's the great divide. It really it is. is. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, no, you're absolutely right. So, I like, I could, I could bump it up a spot. I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be debating... Thor Ragnarok with Civil War and possibly Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, that was a, that's what I was about to say. I guess at this point then it becomes, do we think it's better than Civil War and or Homecoming? Unless DJ completely disagrees with where we're at because he hasn't said anything yet. Oh, no, no. I'm right there in the zone. I think, I think I'm right under Iron Man, actually. I think I am above Spider-Man Homecoming and above Civil War. Um yeah, that that's kind of my first thought, actually. And why why do you have it above Spider-Man? Because honestly, that surprises me. Hmm. I think that they're similar in some ways in the fact that they're dealing with characters who we who are somewhat well-established. Like, it was the first Spider-Man MCU movie, but everybody knows Spider-Man. Everybody loves Spider-Man. So I think that they had to do something different to make this Spider-Man stand out. And I think similarly, this is a character, Thor, that we've seen in three, four movies now. It's someone who we thought we had a pretty good idea of, but this is a totally different iteration of it that just immediately clicks. Though we could go back and nitpick the fact that it doesn't... It seems kind of strange that Thor is all of a sudden a jokester now, but it just works in such a fluid way so it's kind of similar in those aspects between Spider-Man, but I think that this movie just has so many cool moments that we just didn't get with the first two Thors because this is one of the strongest characters in the MCU. He is he is a god, and the fact that they are able to show some of that in the movie and some of those amazing moments, I think, I think says something because I think that uh, especially Thor's solo movies, I don't think that the movies were able to let us see that amount of you know awesomeness behind the character in general so that i i whenever i think about this movie and it was my marvel scene it's really just going to be that cold open of the villain expositing thor immediately going off and then we get that amazing action sequence and i don't know i just think this movie had so many of those those tight moments that really made it stood out to me i think valkyrie is an awesome character in, to introduce I think it does lead right into Infinity Infinity War, which is interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I, I really like this. Uh, I, I'm surprised that you guys are a little bit lower, honestly. I am too. I'm I'm honestly just surprised you have it above Spider Man. But yeah, I I mean I I can come up with so I'd say personally, just the character of Spider Man I like more than Thor. Same. If we're if we're debating the actual movies, though, I mean, I definitely liked the final battle third act of Thor Ragnarok a lot more than Spider-Man Homecoming. I thought that was the weaker part of Homecoming. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Both were really great characters. Yeah, let's hash this mm. out a little bit more. And Josh, let mm. me know where you're thinking, because I, I, I for me personally, I... <laughs> I I feel like I like Ragnarok much more than Civil War, but I had oodles of issues with Civil War, so I, I'm kind of fine, kind of debating between Spider-Man and Ragnarok, but Josh, where are you kind of after we've talked a little bit? I mean, I'm I'm all for the uh, putting a Thor movie as high as possible, as <laughs> you know from my <laughs> previous opinions. But okay, so you were just coming in, you were coming in cautious. Just <laughs> yeah, I was trying to kind of get water, a basic, like, hey. trying to get a feel for the room, you know, just trying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got. You. I, I appreciate that because you're right. For me, it'd be like, um, let's just put them at top and then move them down as more movies come along. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think it's say we can bump it above Civil War. Because I agree with that. I, I just liked this movie more than Civil War. Um, so I think it really is like above or below Spider-Man. I mean, I like I said, I personally like Thor 
That's just my opinion. I like Thor more than Spider-Man, probably because I've seen... This is the third iteration of Spider-Man I've seen since I was a kid. And this is the only Thor character I've ever known. And I like Thor and Thor Ragnarok the best out of the three... Of these three movies of our current iteration of Thor. So... That's kind of okay, my, I mean, my I'm, feeling on I'm, it. I'm good putting it at six between Iron Man and Spider-Man. Well, see, now I um, feel like I've shifted a bit. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I've started to think about it. I think I like the Vulture as a villain much more in Homecoming. But I dislike the way that the climax of that movie ends because it's a CGI dark-filled mess. But I dislike the villain of Thor Ragnarok, but I think it was a really interesting way to defeat her. So... I'm stuck. Mm. Oh, no. (laughs) So maybe it comes down to Korg and Meek (laughs) versus versus Peter Parker's friend Ned. But Ned is pretty great, man. He is pretty great. But Korg and Meek. Come on, man. Ned is pretty great. He's pretty great. But it cannot come down to these side people. I, yeah, I don't know. How do we? How do we? How do we do this? I feel like this is a, as close as I've like felt about too. Like I, I honestly am okay either way. Um, I don't know how to decide. I don't know. I mean, I feel like in the past we've kind of tipped our hand to the guests, and like I know Josh loves Thor. Oh man! So I'm okay it. putting. I'm pu- I'm okay putting Thor at six. I'm all for it. I don't know. <laughs> like I, I, I don't think we're gonna feel wrong about that. Yeah, I think this is a solid section. It's like really, really great, but not passing that cusp of like Iron Man greatness. So. Iron Man's the pantheon, yeah. and like Doctor Strange is up there, and I feel like that's probably, and maybe Winter Soldier are like the like contentious ones. I still feel good about those. I don't think Thor breaks into that range. No, I don't think so. I agree with And that. then I think I think Thor Thor Ragnarok, Spider-Man Homecoming, Captain America Civil War, and Ant-Man are like tier two. And so I'm okay with Thor being at the top of tier two. Same here. Okay, well, we've got two out of three. I I, I don't know why I'm you going were the against, one that suggested that's, that's what this. I first said. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's like we wouldn't have even put it at six if you hadn't mentioned it. <laughs> Okay, let's put it at six, and if you wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night, and you're like, no way can Thor Ragnarok be above Spider-Man Homecoming, then maybe we'll revisit it. We've still got a couple episodes. We do have a couple episodes, and that might happen. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we'll be revisiting this, this kind of section again. But like you said, both great movies, so I don't think we're like doing a disservice to either of those, really. Yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, so we're putting it at number six between Iron Man and Spider-Man Homecoming. We're not going to re-read the entire list. We read it once. It'll be uh, in the description. It's all It's all fine. I. How did I come here and put Thor the highest? I, I just don't understand now. I don't know, and then we had to convince you you were right. I, I just... <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Strange. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so... Last thing we do is go around and say whether we recommend watching this in preparation for Avengers Endgame. We kind of already described what that's all about. Um, so what do you guys think on this one? I Honestly, I it would, I know the beginning of Infinity War, it kind, it kind of starts with... I mean, this, this is a spoiler episode, correct? Oh, it's fine. Yeah. Infinity yeah, War's been out one. So, no like, one we... is listening to like episode whatever we're on seventeen of mainly Marvel and being like, I haven't seen Infinity War yet, so you <laughs> yeah. go right ahead. Half of everyone dies in Infinity War. <laughs> okay, okay, good. I just want to make sure. There it is. <laughs> and so at the beginning of Infinity War, it starts with basically the ship of refugees. Basic, I think it's like on fire, or it's you know it's been taken over by Thanos. And I think it'd be really, really confusing if you hadn't watched this one to understand that they had to leave. And it's not just, we decided to leave to take a vacation. It's like, no, we're (laughs) screwed. We're in the middle of space. We don't have a home. Mm -hmm. I would say yes for that. 
but I yeah. don't believe there's anything else that really that would be the only reason. Like if you could descri- like find a way to convey that to an audience without having to watch the whole movie, I'd be all for that as well. Yeah, like maybe if there was like a podcast they could listen to that like described everything <laughs> that happened. <laughs> Sorry, that was really sarcastic. That was. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. Like, I think this is a definite rewatch in preparation for Infinity War. I don't know if the same can be said for Endgame. Oh, dang. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. You know, like it... But, I mean, I know we're going to recommend rewatching Infinity War. That's not even like like a... Yeah. (laughs) Does that one come with it? That's a good point. So, I don't know. I'm kind of borderline with this one. I'm, I'm leaning no... Just to keep our number of movies smaller. Yeah, if um, if you're rewatching these movies in preparation for Endgame, then yes, you already know you are probably have already seen yeah. Thor Ragnarok and know why at the beginning of Infinity War everybody's there's all death and destruction. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so maybe if you're rewatching them, you start watching Infinity War and you're like, "What the heck is going on?" Maybe you stop the movie, go spend two and a half hours watching Thor Ragnarok and then you <laughs> yeah. come back to Infinity Yeah, so War. if you've if you've started Infinity War, get two minutes in and are confused, just yeah, take a two and a half hour break and then come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. It's a shame. Ag- yeah. yeah, agreed. No. Cool. Sweet. We did it. We did another movie. Oh man, yeah. Woo. We've done seventeen of the 21 Marvel movies That's impressive. that precede Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And Aaron, we're going to have to have a discussion about which other movies we're going to do a mainly Marvel episode for because we've already talked about Black Panther once and that got to a point where I actually knew what I was doing while editing. So, I don't know. Yeah, Are we're getting into we're not, real okay. overlap yeah, territory. Yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out. There's going to be something released next week for mainly Marvel. Yeah. We okay. just don't know what that is, but it'll be something. <laughs> okay. Okay. So stay tuned. Yeah. But Josh, um, thank you once again for joining us. Thank you for being able to get Thor pretty high up on the list. Uh, it's good having you back, man. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. These are always fun. Okay. Sweet. Do we do outro stuff in mainly Marvel? We don't, do we? Nope. We do a hard cut right here. <laughs> Fade to music. Fade to music.